Welcome back to Aquarium Tip Tank. This is the Aquarium Tip Tank podcast, and I am TJ from www.aquariumtiptank.com. Uh, I have to apologize just a little bit. I know it has been a little while, um, about three weeks actually, since I've had this podcast out. Uh, I came down with a little bit of a cold, and so, you know, um, if my voice sounds a little bit different today. Uh, it might just be because I have a little bit of a cold and a little bit of a throat issue. I am um, on the mend, though. I am getting a little bit better. Um, so hopefully I sound a little bit better than I did a few days ago. Um, I'd like to remind you to head on over to www.aquariumtiptank.com and take a look at all of the latest tips and tricks to relaxing and, enjoy- and enjoying your home aquarium. Uh if you're so inclined, you can also sign up for our free newsletter and e-updates. Uh, as always, thank you very much. We love you guys for reading, listening, and or viewing what we have to offer uh, at Aquarium Tip Tank. Uh, you may have found us on Facebook or YouTube or, or Twitter. Um, and we just thank you very much for, for listening, reading, and, uh, and replying and giving us a little bit of your uh, thoughts and insight into uh, your home aquarium and the aquarium hobby. Also, speaking of reviews, please go ahead and leave a review for this episode of, Aqu- of the Aquarium Tip Tank podcast when you get a chance. Uh, you can leave it on iTunes, um, and you can also always comment on uh, our podcasts um, on on the website itself. You can leave comments below um, below where the podcast is. And for this one, that'll be at www.aquariumtiptank.com forward slash ATT podcast 014. I mentioned in the last podcast that I added a few peppermint shrimp to my tank. At this point, I've also added a full stock of cleaner crew to the saltwater aquarium. I have eight red-legged hermit crabs, two blue-legged hermit crabs, four Nasarius snails, one blackfoot trochus snail, and three. Pe- and the three peppermint shrimp that I added are still alive and doing well. Uh, It also just so happens today that we're going to talk about stocking an aquarium. So, let's get to it. As you can tell, I like to kind of add my, um, I I like, I like to add my cleaner crew first. Um, but let's, let's get into talking about some of the factors that limit the number and or types of fish that you can keep. Um, and the reasons why one of our top five tips is don't overstock your tank. First of all, the dissolved oxygen level in the water of the aquarium is probably the biggest limiting factor to how many fish and how much livestock you can have in your tank. Uh, Fish use their gills to grab that dissolved oxygen that's in the water and to breathe. They actually need oxygen as well. So the less dissolved oxygen in the water means the less fish that can survive in that water. So the smaller tank that you have, the less water there is, the less dissolved oxygen can be in that water. So the smaller fish that you can have and the less amount of fish that you can have. Uh, This is much more important in saltwater tanks because there is a higher density of water in saltwater. You have all those minerals and all those salts and all those things taking up space that 
um, there's that reduces the amount of available dissolved oxygen. Um, so basically, you can keep less fish in a saltwater tank as well. Uh, the another factor is that the efficiency of your biological filtration system and the size of the beneficial uh, nitrifi- nitrifying bacteria population is another limiting factor. Uh, this determines how much ammonia and fish waste can be processed. If you have a whole lot of nitrifying bacteria in there and the efficiency of, of your uh, biological filtration system works really, really, really well, um, then you can basically get rid of more ammonia and more fish waste and process more and bring uh, and, and get more nitrates, which is the least uh, toxic to fish, than nitrites and ammonia. So to review the different types of filtration and how they occur, including biological filtration, uh, go ahead and take a listen to Aquarium Tip Tank Podcast 7. And that's at www.aquariumtiptank.com forward slash ATT Podcast 007. Also, don't be too surprised if you go through a small mini cycle every time you add a fish to your tank. The populations of nitrifying bacteria in your tank may be large enough to take care of the ammonia produced by the waste of your current fish population. But when you add a fish, it starts producing more waste. And that goes for fish, that goes for these little shrimp, that goes for some of your um, cleaning crew as well. They start adding waste. Uh, the nitrifying bacteria will realize that with that added fish waste, there is more ammonia and nitrites for them to feed on, and they will eventually grow their population to take care of that added ammonia. However, before the population of nitrifying bacteria grows, your ammonia levels may be higher than zero for a little while. Hopefully, that spike in ammonia isn't too large for any of the other inhabitants of your tank. And also there needs to be enough surface area in your tank to hold the increased population of nitrifying bacteria. If you add too many fish that produce too much waste and ammonia for your biological filtration to keep up with, you're going to have problems. Another limiting factor uh, as to how many fish that you can keep deals with the types of filtration and the size or capacity of those filtri- of those filtration systems. This will also greatly influence the number of fish that can be kept in the aquarium. We just talked about biological filtration. The more surface area you have, the larger nitrifying bacteria populations you can keep and the more fish you can have. A sump and refugium greatly increases the water volume and surface area that you have to deal with. Some people say that all you need is a great biological filtration system. However, add the mechanical filtration, a skimmer, and some chemical filtration, and it's very possible that you can have some more fish. Each method and system for filtration only helps keep the water clean, remove more waste, and keep the water parameters steady, thus meaning that Maybe you can have a few more fish than if you only had one system of filtration. Uh, have you ever aquascaped your tank and provided shelter for each fish to call home? Uh, many new home aquarium hobbyists actually overlook the fact that providing several caves, holes, swim-throughs, and cover for your fish can actually create more homes for those fish to live in. So this can be another limiting factor as to how many fish you can keep. Let's say you filled your tank with water and put one rock in the middle of it. Well, there's only one home for your fish to live in. 
the whole tank and all of the space around that one rock is the home that fish will be competing for. Now, let's say you add to that one rock in the middle. Maybe you create some caves with a few rocks, some swim-throughs, some overhangs, and ledges that will provide several homes. With all of these extra homes and hiding places, your fish won't be as stressed about competing for a place to live and feeling safe. Amazingly enough, it is also usual to hear an aquarium hobbyists to say something like, well, I added some, I added some caves and hiding places to my tank, and now my fish actually come out to the front more, more than they ever did, and they try to hide even less. With more caves, hiding places, and homes, the fish know that there is a place for them to go when they want to be shy. They are less stressed about finding that hiding place because they know where it is. Therefore, they are less worried about coming out to say hello. Finally, fish have to be compatible with each other. The behavior pattern, patterns and aggressiveness of various fish always has to be accounted for. For example, angelfish are known to be very aggressive. In general, it is not recommended to keep two angelfish in one tank because they will both be aggressive. They will compete. They will stress each other out, and only one or none will survive. Some small fish are food sources for other larger fish. Keeping fish together that are unevenly matched in, aggressiveness, in aggressive tendencies without enough caves and homes for each of them usually leads to a tank with only one or two happy fish in it. In order to check out a few things about compatibility, go ahead on, on over to www.aquariumtiptank.com. Uh, up at the top there, there you can find freshwater fish or marine fish. And as you go through there, you can find that I actually have uh, some compatibility tables up there for you to check out. To check and make sure that the next fish that you want to buy is compatible with the fish that you already have in the tank. So clear as mud so far, right? So let's go over some rules of thumb that with all of these limitations that we've just talked about might help us stock our tank. Realize that with every rule of thumb, there are exceptions. There are also lots of rules of thumb out there. You will hear or read one thing from one person and something completely different from another. In the end, make sure that you are doing water quality tests and that you don't exceed the bioload or waste load that your filtration systems can handle. Don't overstock your tank. Okay, so let's talk about the inches per gallon rules of thumb. For freshwater, we'll start with freshwater real quick. One of the rules of thumb is one inch of fish per gallon of water. Well, if you have a 30-gallon tank, that means you can keep 30 inches of fish. Well, of course, there are some, some exceptions. The one inch of fish per gallon of water rule for fresh water works best for rectangular tanks of normal height. Usually, the length of the tank is more than the height. You may have uniquely shaped tank, like a cylinder or a hexagon, or a tank that is unusually tall. With a tall tank, the surface area where the water and the air meet at the top of the tank is less than in a rectangular tank. Therefore, there is less area for gas exchange and oxygenation between the water and the air. 
the aquarium water may have less dissolved oxygen in taller tanks. That goes for both freshwater and saltwater tanks. If you have a tall or unusually shaped tank, try keeping one inch of fish for every 12 square inches of surface area at the water-to-air boundary at the top of your tank. This is the outcome of multiplying the length of your tank by the width of your tank. For example, my tank is 30 inches long by 12 inches wide. That's 360 square inches of surface area at the water-to-air boundary at the top of my tank. For me to keep one inch of fish for every 12 square inches of surface area, that means that I can still keep 30 30 inches of fish. But what if my tank were shaped a little different? Let's just hypothetically say that my tank was 30 inches high and that the surface area at the top of the tank was 12 inches wide by 18 inches long. Then the tank would still be 30 gallons, but I would only have 216 square inches of surface area at the water-to-air boundary, and I should only keep 18 inches of fish. You also have to remember that you can't use a 1-inch of fish for every 12 square inches of surface area rule with a very short tank. If you have a 6-inch tall tank for some reason, I mean, just this is totally hypothetically hypothetical, you can't keep 30 inches of fish just because it has 360 square inches of surface area. That's only about a 19-gallon tank. You also have to keep in mind a few things about fish size. You, you know, it says here, if, even if you go back to using 1 inch of fish per gallon of water, that means I could maybe hold 30 inches of fish, but so uh, I wouldn't want to go out there and get a large 18-inch long fish. It just really wouldn't fit in such a small tank. There are fish out there that are 18 inches long. I wouldn't want to keep them in such a small tank. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's get into some saltwater rules of thumb. Again, you can keep less fish in a saltwater aquarium because there is less dissolved oxygen in the dense water. I've heard things like two inches of fish for every 10 gallons of water. In a 30-gallon tank, that would be six inches of fish. I've also read things like one inch of fish for every two gallons of water. In my 30-gallon tank, that would be 15 inches of fish. I've also heard three inches of fish for every one square foot of surface area at the water-to-air boundary. My tank is 30 inches long, or two and a half feet long, by 12 inches wide, or one foot wide. Therefore, I have two and a half square feet of surface area, and using this rule of thumb, I can have seven and a half inches of fish. Or, for individual fish, I've read that when multiplying by 10, the length of an adult-sized fish should not exceed the length of the tank. For my 30-inch long tank, I shouldn't have a single fish that is longer than 3 inches when fully grown. Now, of course, there are many exceptions to all of these rules, but you have to keep them in the back of your back of your head. You still have to watch out for taller or uniquely shaped tanks. 
Remember, less surface area at the water-to-air boundary means less gas exchange and less oxygen oxygenation of the tank water. Less oxygen in the water means less capacity for fish. So, as we stated earlier, you have to watch out for oddly shaped or taller tanks. All of the, these rules also overlook some important factors such as the overall height and thickness of a fish's body, its feeding habits, and how much waste it produces. The overall length of a fish doesn't really tell you anything about how different fish will actually impact the biological filtration system of your aquarium. For example, a 12-inch blue ring angelfish will have a significantly higher bioload than a small school of 2-3 to three inch cardinal fish. These rules also overlook the limitation of correctly aquascaping and providing adequate homes for each fish in your tank. For example, using the one inch of fish for every two gallons of water rule would mean that I can have 15 inches of fish in my saltwater aquarium. So, using that rule, I could keep that 12-inch blue ring angelfish, right? Well, absolutely not. My tank is only 12 inches wide. That 12-inch angelfish, when it's fully grown, would barely have enough room to turn around, much less enough room to find a cave or a spot in the tank to call home. The minimum recommended tank size for a blue ring angelfish is usually about 220 gallons when things like temperament, size, bioload, diet, filtration, aquascaping, and compatibility issues are taken into account. So, let's get into some more rules of thumb and how I kind of like to stock my tanks. I like to think of stocking a tank as more of a scientific art. I take all of these rules about inches of fish per gallon of water uh, into consideration. I keep them in the back of my head, and I do research about the needs and compatibility of aquarium fish, and and I use some common sense. I like to first group fish into three groups. Now, these three groups that I've kind of come up with are the rock dwellers group, the reef darters group, and the big tankers. Rock dwellers are the smaller sized rock dwelling species that spend most of their time very close to the reef or scooting around the sand, never really exploring far from the small nook that they call their home. Or maybe they still stay very close to the reef, but swim in and out of the reef and the rock structures that make up the reef. This includes baslets, blennies, gobies, jawfish, and pseudochromies. Reef darters are slightly larger than rock dwellers, but still stay relatively small in size and swim about darting in and out of the reef area and or feeding on microfauna. These fish can be kept in smaller aquariums because they are active swimmers, but they are not open water fish. Reef darters consist of some antheus, blennies, cardinal fish, chromies, clownfish, some dwarf angelfish, firefish, hawkfish, carpenter wrasse, and fairy wrasse, just to name a couple. Now, big tankers are the larger fish that enjoy swimming out Uh, swimming out in the open from one reef to the next. They require a tank of at least 55 gallons for the smaller species of big tankers and up to 180 gallons for the larger of this group, like the nasotang. The big tankers include large angelfish, 
butterfly fish, lionfish, lunar wrasse, puffer, puffer fish, rabbit fish, squirrel fish, tangs, and trigger fish. For tanks under 125 gallons, I use a general rule of thumb of keeping two members of the rock dwellers group and one member of the reef darters group for every 15 gallons of tank. No big tankers are even considered unless the tank is at least 55 gallons, and then you should probably only keep one big tanker unless your tank is at least 125 gallons. Another rule of thumb that I use for tanks under 125 gallons is that I should never add more than one member of the same genus to the aquarium unless they are of the same species, they are compatible as a pair, and they are added to the tank at the same time. Also, fish of familiar size and color may compete and become aggressive to one another even if they are from a different genus. For example, you may have troubles keeping both a bicolored blenny and a royal grandma baslet in the same tank unless the tank is large enough for both of them. Therefore, for my 30-gallon reef tank, I can consider keeping four rock dwellers and two reef darters. I could keep one sailfin slash lawnmower blenny, one royal grandma baslet, one clown goby, one yellowhead jawfish, one flame hawkfish, and a compatible pair of flame angelfish. When you get to 125-gallon tanks and larger, the world opens up to keeping the big tankers. The most important things to consider for 125-gallon tanks and larger is stocking order. And just some common sense. Using our naso tang example from before, it can get to 18 inches at fully grown. A 125-gallon tank is 18 inches wide. The naso tang would barely have enough room to turn around. Make sure that you have at least a 180-gallon tank if you want to keep a fish as large as a naso tang. For 125 gallons and larger, I consider adding four rock dwellers or two species of reef darters or one big tanker for every 20 gallons of tank. Let's consider each of those a unit. So when you divide 125 gallons by 20, that's 6.25 units. I could have two units of rock dwellers, two units of reef darters, and two units of big tankers. That works out to be eight rock dwellers, four species of reef darters, and two big tankers. Of course, you can play with all of these numbers however you want. That's why I call all of this a scientific art. The main thing with all of this is that you make sure to always check your bio load. Make sure that your fish are doing well and that you keep doing water quality tests to make sure that your filtration systems are keeping up with the waste produced by your livestock. Now, let's talk a little bit about stocking order. Again, stock slowly. I like to start with some cleaner crew and see how they do. You may have had some algae blooms while cycling your tank. Most of these invertebrates are abundant and are hardy but still susceptible to ammonia, nitrite, and high levels of nitrate, much like fish. They will help clean up your tank 
and your and your tank algae while being an indicator if fish will survive in the conditions of your tank. If that cleanup crew lasts for several weeks in your tank, you can probably be fairly sure that with your snails living and your shrimp living and everything else that your fish will probably do okay or the one fish that you next add will be okay. Next, I like to add fish to tanks in order of rock dwellers, then reef darters, then big tankers. For example, in my 30-gallon tank, I would add the sailfin blenny, royal grandma, clown goby, and yellowhead jawfish from the rock dwellers group before adding the flame angelfish from the reef darters group. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't, I wouldn't add all of those fish at the same time. I also wait at least four weeks in between each edition of new fish while doing regular water quality tests to make sure everything is going okay. So the first addition to my tank could be the sailfin blenny. Then I would wait about four to five weeks, make sure everything goes well, and then add the royal grandma. It would be a minimum of about 24 weeks to have a fully stocked aquarium, and that's if I was adding one fish about every four to five weeks. Keep in mind also that the stocking list I've laid out as an example here for my 30-gallon tank would include six to seven fish. At full adult size, this could be a total of 25.75 inches of fish. This is far greater than most people would ever consider. I will also probably cut down from this list. It's just an example list as to how you can find fish that live together and in different areas of a tank and be compatible with each other while also checking bioload. If I have a flame angelfish, it will only be one, and I will probably not have four rock dwellers. If I, could, if I cut down to one flame angelfish and three rock dwellers, I could get down to about 17 inches of fish. This is still more than most people would consider, but all of these fish are compatible. I have plenty of caves and small areas for these fish to call home, and the stocking list is very well organized and has very little risk of failure. Once again, as I've said several times throughout this podcast, always test and check the bioload that each fish is having. This list has very little risk of failure as long as your filtration systems can keep up with the bioload that all of the fish put on your system. If you only have a, a hang-on tank filter rated for exactly 30 gallons on your tank, and that's it, you'll probably have trouble keeping such a large list of fish. However, if you have a sump of 10 gallons or more with a, refu with a refugium, a protein skimmer, and a GFO reactor, then you can probably keep that 26 inches of fish in a 30-gallon display tank. The other issue with stocking your tank to maximum capacity, capacity when all of the filters are running correctly is, wait for it, what happens when the power goes out? If all of the water flow stops and all of the filters shut off and all of the heaters stop working, you could quickly have a very severe problem if you ever have a power outage. Stocking your fish tank to less than maximum capacity will allow a little more water for more error when, when catastrophes do happen. So, 
let's sum everything up. First, always take dissolved oxygen levels, the amount of biological filtration in your tank, the efficiency, size, and capacity of all of your other filtration systems, your aquascaping, and compatibility into account when stocking your fish tank. There are lots of inches per fish tank size rules out of thumb out there. Know them, keeping them in the back of your head. Realize that you might be overstocking your tank if you go too far or over one of those inches of fish per per gallons of, of tank rules. Next, I like to put rock dwellers, then reef darters, then big tankers into my aquariums while keeping all of these limitations and rules of thumb in mind. Next, regularly test your water and most importantly, make sure that your tank can handle the additional bioload of each additional fish. Of course, don't overstock what your filtration systems can handle and stock slowly, allowing at least four weeks in between fish additions. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. There are lots, there's lots more to come at AquariumTipTank.com. I may actually have a fish in my tank to show you before the next episode. And also, as always, please get in touch with us in any way that you wish. We love hearing for, from our fellow aquarium hobbyists. Ask us questions. Uh, we'll do our best to answer and, find, and or find an answer for you. Um, and if you have any aquarium breakthroughs, please let us know. Uh, say hello on Facebook or Twitter. You can email me at tj at aquariumtiptank.com or support at aquariumtiptank.com. You can leave comments anywhere on any of our posts at the website. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash aquariumtiptank. And you can, of course, find us on YouTube and at Twitter at aquariumtiptank. Uh, Come on over and join us. Please send us some reviews uh, and let us know how your aquarium is doing. We love to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with more aquarium tips in about two weeks. Mm-hmm.